Welcome to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. This is where you're going to discover how to bring awakening into the body and into everyday life through powerful tantric teachings. Get ready to release, open and step into your true power. So expressing and releasing through the body allows, allows the body to vibrate to come alive and allows life force energy to move through you and for release to happen and blockages to disentangle. So big breath in. (sighs) So as we express and release through sound, we get more real with our pain and allow pain to move and we also get more real with our pleasure and allow pleasure to move. So now we're just going to move our bodies like this, grind, grind a little bit. (sighs) Place your hands on your body, on your heart, on your womb. Give yourself a little bit of a massage on your belly and your heart. Touch your breasts a little. (sighs) (sighs) Allow some pleasure in. (sighs) Just be in this moment. Again, if thoughts come, don't follow them. Come back to the body. Okay, so... How's everyone, who's been doing their self-pleasure practice every day? Chanda? Okay, so a few people haven't been as disciplined this week. So maybe some sharings around barriers, excuses you have for yourself, experiences for the people who are self-pleasuring. Who would like to share? I have an excuse. What's your excuse? (laughs) The breast massage. Um... I have a 21 month old daughter who's still like on demand breast mm-hmm. And I just feel like my boobs are just like sucked out all day, touched, and they're just tapped, touched out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they put the sauce in mm-hmm. And I just didn't want to touch them. So, self pleasure without the breast massage? Yeah. Right. That was just my excuse for the breast massage. Right. So, have you been doing the self pleasure practice? Yeah, I've been doing dancing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, with the, what, what is on the curriculum that I'd really like you to commit to every day is the self-pleasure practice, which is looking in the mirror, then doing the affirmations, dropping in, bringing some pleasure to your body and activating your kundalini in the, in the steps that are laid out in Chapter 1. Then, the, then you're going to have things each week that are building on your self-pleasure practice, right? So last week... We built on it with the breast massage. Not essential. And, I mean, all you, all you, what would be great for you to do is just even touch yourself under your breast and just acknowledge, wow, you're amazing. You know, you're feeding. You're, you're, what's coming from you is responsible for life. You know, just some kind of acknowledgement there. And then, like, tonight we're going to be going through some practices that can be added to your self-pleasure practice. But it's like... I don't want you to get overwhelmed by the add-ons and then you don't do anything at all. Stick to the, stick to the main steps that are outlined in Chapter 1 
And then if you feel like you can open into some of the other practices, then do that. But you, you don't have to, and you're going to have the manual for life. So once your self pleasure practice is really solid, then you may want to may you may want to go back and incorporate some of the things that may seem a little bit more complex to you when you're still just getting your body and nervous system accustomed to self pleasuring. Does that make sense? Okay. Who else wants to share about their practice? Yeah. Yeah, my interruptions that get in the way is I've got quite a lot of health issues. Mm-hmm. So feeling not quite able to connect with myself in that way and then having family arrive on me and most from the UK, so it's almost been um, almost feeling like removed from myself to even want to have that sort of self pleasure. I've been doing a bit of the mirror work, but not much. But what I actually did instead was just to go to the ocean and just to get really playful in the ocean and just mm-hmm. let the water just come over me today. I just sprawled out on the beach, just let it come over me. So it's not obviously what you had in the manual, but it was just feeding into my own sensuality and mm-hmm. just uh, respecting that sacred feminine part of myself that I thought was okay and it just soothed my tongue as well, which is where my issues are at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful, great. So, you know, that aliveness, which was probably inspired by last week when we were talking about the feminine, yeah? Oh, right. Okay. (laughs) So last week we were talking about infusing your life with more feminine sensuality, you know, feeling the aliveness of the ocean, of the elements around us, so that's perfect. But whatever we're doing each week, in terms of you then applying that into your life, If you're sticking to your self-practice, then it's going to integrate a lot more easily and you're going to have a certain level of radiance that will carry through into those topics. So I remember watching an interview with Gandhi and he was talking about the practice that he does every day and the interviewer said to him, what about in times when, you know, there's a lot of, political disharmony or there's you know a lot going on and how how do you go with your practice then and he said I double it Um, and that always stuck by me because there's always that temptation that when a lot is going on that's when we give up our practice but that's the time when we need it the most Mm. the time when we're wanting to disconnect the time where things are crazy that's the time when it's like okay my family's here I've got some health issues going on more than ever right now. I need to be infusing my cells with love. So I know it's hard, but it's like what I said at the beginning of these eight weeks, the most important part of this journey is your self-pleasure practice. Even if it means you only do five minutes, you just look in the mirror quickly. You're like, I love you. You give yourself some affirmations, bring yourself a little bit of touch Ah, bring some sound through and then and then get your kundalini wave going. And you can, if you really don't have the time, which I think everybody does, but if you, if you really don't, then do it in the shower, right? It's like I know what it's like to have a busy life. I've got two kids and run a business. But just like there's always time to have a shower, just like there's always time to take a call from someone who we really want to talk to, just like there's always time to <coughs> distract ourselves, <laughs> there's always time to do your practice. 
So, so there's that invitation again to be really accountable to your practice. And when the excuses come up, ask yourself, can I go beyond this excuse right now? Um, and in terms of reading the manual chapter every week, how are we going with that? Mm-hmm. So especially if you miss a week, that's really important. So when, when you're, you know, a lot of people try a lot of different things in order to change and transform, right? It's like they'll try tantra, they'll try yoga, they'll try hypnosis, they'll try kinesiology, they'll try human design, they'll try DNA restructuring, all of these things. And all of these things are really us trying to get away from our pain. But there is no getting away from your pain. Pain is an undeniable aspect of life that is the destiny of every human being. But pain is, pain is inevitable and suffering is optional. And the way that we don't suffer with pain is to have a practice of remembering that that's not who we are. The pain is not who we are. Just like pleasure is not who we are. But we're all desperately grasping onto pleasure which is usually not even pleasure. It's just our fucking comfort zone. It's just, you know, eating or watching tally or hanging out with people to avoid our pain. Not just that, but there's a lot of that. Most people's lives are based on survival, are based on controlling things so that they don't have to feel. So the invitation with a strong self-practice is to go beyond your comfort zone and actually feel your pain to the point where you remember that that's not who you are and then you remember who you really are and you connect more deeply to self. So we're going, we're going to go on a journey into exploring that. So tonight's theme is around the power of your heart and the reason why most people are not in their hearts and not feeling the full power of their hearts is because there's so many blockages to the aliveness of this heart space that aren't actually being looked at. We believe our stories. We believe that men are untrustable. We believe that, or or women, we believe that people owe us something. We believe that it's other people who need to change. We believe that we're not good enough. We believe that the only way to feel secure is to have a house and kids or the next trip planned. We believe all of these social constructs that we're fed with and we create separation. We create separation between us and other individuals and we create separation between us and God. So... There are two pathways to opening your heart that are the most potent. One is through emotional sublimation and the other one is through sexual sublimation. And lucky for you, I'm an absolute expert in both. (laughs) Right? So 
What sublimation means is you're taking an energy that's localized in the lower centers into the higher centers so that when you feel an impulse to hold love at arm's length or run away from love, you know how to sublimate that energy into your heart and invite love in. And when there's an impulse to polarize into the animal and to have sex as a flesh friction flesh and friction experience, which just gives you a genital orgasm, you know how to raise that energy into your heart so that you're having a fully embodied experience. And when we can sublimate an emotional charge into the heart, the heart breaks open. When we can sublimate desire and impulse and animal instinct to just fuck into the heart, then we, then we also start to open this space and the remembering is that we are love and that the love that we're searching for the love that we're that we're categorizing and saying looks a certain way no longer does because we feel it in our body and then anything that's not that eventually has to dissolve the more that we're dissolving it internally so when I was talking about last week the transition from my marriage into not being married anymore, a big part of that was a result of being so committed to the practice of sublimating my emotions into my heart that the love that was vibrating within my own being actually began to cast out anything that didn't vibrate with that, including my relationship. So relationships start to drop away. Friendships start to drop away. Jobs start to drop away. And you begin to surrender into the reality of the depth of your own being and connecting to yourself. So what's the main blockage to being fully enlivened in the power of your heart, do you think? What's the opposite of love? Mm-hmm. So we feel afraid and, you know, every chapter that I do I end up processing that week. Usually it will reach a peak on the day. And today like I felt the contraction. I felt like fear contract in my body and I was, I was getting suspicious about something and then I was just sitting and like really noticing and feeling that move through my body. And it's that awareness of when the body wants to create separation that we can then employ the body and the wisdom of the body to help us go beyond that fear. So fear belongs to the ego. The ego always wants to create separation because that's how it stays safe, because the ego wants to control, right? The heart wants to dissolve separation and will always see whatever's happening external as one with whatever we are. There is, there is no separation to the heart. We're fully merged with everything. I'm one with Tara, I'm one with Georgia, I'm one with all of you, I'm one with the sky, I'm one with the earth. It, it, there's a space of oneness that permeates one's life the more often that we're remembering this space. But that doesn't mean that fear doesn't come up. It's just that our awareness can recognise by doing the practices that I'm going to give you tonight, it begins to recognise that that's a lie 
and doesn't believe it, all right? So the thoughts are going, they're doing this, they're doing that, da, 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 and then it's like, okay, but what, what's happening in here? What, what's the fear that's here? And that doesn't mean that you don't say when you feel sad, you don't create boundaries if someone's acting like a jerk, that you don't talk about it. Actually, you speak more into it because when you're constricted by fear, as this blocks and this contracts, the heart, also, the throat also contracts. And then we tighten everything and we withdraw our energy until the point that we can't anymore and then it comes out sideways with judgment, with projection, with comments, with the, with the manipulative feminine, basically. So I was talking about inner union last week. So the, there's, there's the inner marriage between the divine masculine and divine feminine which is where the masculine is holding space within our own beings, witnessing without judgment and creating safety for the feminine emotional body to vibrate to the point where anything that's not love is released and we're back in, in a space of wholeness. But then there's also a codependent couple in that inner union. And that co what that codependent couple looks like is when the masculine voice is one of judgment, the masculine voice is one of suspicion, the masculine voice is wanting to create separation, and that's the ego. And then the feminine's emotional body is wanting to project and wanting to make someone wrong. So rather than it vibrating free of story, it's vibrating with a desire to take someone out, right? And, and, and really, like, in, in all of this, in all of what we're going to be doing tonight, you really need your healthy masculine and your healthy feminine on board with each other. And what we usually do, now I, I did a session today and the woman that I was giving a session to had this beautiful awareness of where she would either go too far into her emotional body and drown in it or too far into her masculine and just witness everything but be disconnected. Who can relate to that? Right. So what we want to do is we want to unite those two energies into the centre of the heart. And I'm going to talk, talk about this more in week six when I'm talking about surrender because, well, I won't talk about the context of that. I was writing it today so it's in my brain. But insofar as the relevance to tonight's discourse goes, it's that we keep the animal and our consciousness separate. The animal pushes consciousness aside and just says, fuck you, I'm fucking angry, I want to do this, or fuck you, I want to come, I'm going to ride his cock until I do, or, you know, get her to rub my pussy as fast as possible till I ejaculate. So it's like that consciousness, the part that's going, remember what Chantel said about sublimating? The animal's like, fuck Chantel, <laughs> right? Or the animal that, like, is wanting to project onto someone and just, like, be a victim and, and make someone wrong. And the voice comes in of Chantal saying, you know, raise the energy again. It's like the, the animal's just not even wanting a bar of it. It's wanting the freedom to express itself without a safe container. But that freedom is an illusory freedom because it's a freedom based on an animalistic urge 
which doesn't honor the consciousness that as humans we've been gifted with. So as our consciousness and our animal start to be alive together, that inner union is at the center of the heart. And then we ignite the power of our heart. We may want to add that into the chapter. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, this, it's this space of raising and dropping, right? It's like consciousness needs to drop into embodiment. Embodiment needs to raise into consciousness. But they need to meet in the middle. And that's where our inner union is. And then when we're communicating to someone, we're communicating from here. When we're making love to someone, we're communicating here. We're vibrating here. And in both instances, we get to the point where there's no separation in making love and in communication. I I had it today with my beloved. It was like the communication happened and then it was like I didn't, all I had was such pure love for him. And then it was like I just felt my own inner union and then it was a space of oneness again or like when we made love this morning same thing so the reason I want to present both as equally important is because remember last week I said to you there are three prerequisites to tantric lovemaking the first one is having a self-pleasure practice and becoming your own lover the second one is in a union otherwise you're going to want to get what's missing from you in the other person and go codependent the third one is what we're going to be doing tonight which is sublimation, somatic meditation. Without these three happening outside of the bedroom, I guarantee you that you will not be able to sustain tantric lovemaking because tantric lovemaking is between two whole beings who are in love with themselves, in love with each other, and in love with God. And the motivation for anything goes beyond the small self and into our higher self. And that's why Tantra is a spiritual practice, all aspects of it, including sexuality. It's not just an excuse for everyone to fuck and put it under the name of spirituality, which some Tantra workshops do. It's like, let's all get crazy. Let's all fuck as many people as possible. Even the teachers can get in on the action. And we'll call that spiritual because somewhere in some time in an ancient temple, scriptures were written to say that sexuality connects us to God. That's not to be taken lightly. And if you are a seeker held within a tradition, take that tradition seriously. Honour that tradition by knowing that this is not just for personal gain. This is to raise consciousness on the planet. It's to be an integrity to the, in, in your embodiment to the point that you know that in any situation you can open your heart and extend the power of that to the lives that you touch, to the children that you bear, that you give life to, to your beloved, to your clients, and to the wider community. And where we're at, you know, our, our inner circle in the, in the Tantra school is that we want to manifest a temple where we're all living together and we're not part of this bullshit matrix way of living where everybody's in separate homes doing separate things and paying a fucking fortune for it. We're all pooling our resources. We're pooling our money. We're pooling our energy. We're singing together. 
We're self-pleasuring together. We're giving each other hugs. We're cooking good food. We've got veggie gardens. You know, we're doing yoga together. All of those things that are so much harder to do when you're stuck in four walls and outside of those four walls is a world that is shutting off to anything that connects them to their body. So the deeper that you go into your practice, the deeper that you commit to your own inner union, the deeper you commit to going into the, into the duality of masculine and feminine, into the duality of animal and consciousness, into the duality of dark and light, to go beyond that into non-duality, then the more that you open yourself to creating heaven on earth and to being part of a temple that is so beyond anything you ever imagined possible because what the world has convinced us of is this is fucking normal. This is not fucking normal, the way that we live. This is devoid of life force energy. It's like other parts of the world have got it. They're still living in tribe and they're a lot happier than us. They've got a lot less than us and they're a lot happier than us. Who's noticed that? Because they're fucking loving each other because they know the power of the heart. There's no power in materialism without the heart. There's no power in status. There's no power in fucking anything. If the heart is not fully ignited, this is the difference. This is the difference between being a soul who's out there who hasn't incarnated and between being an animal. This is where we celebrate our humanity, right here where we feel everything and where everything we feel gives us an opportunity to break open to more love and to remember God at a deeper level. And when I say God, I don't mean the religious God. I just refer to whatever it is that you know as the universal cosmic realm where bullshit doesn't exist, where we don't just talk about people and events. We're not just focused on the future and having a cry about the past. We're actually living in the moment and breathing in the air and looking at the beautiful trees and listening to the sound of the birds and feeling the merging that's possible with another human being when they fully enter you and you're open to them. Communicating to another being with such authenticity that you both remember that you're exactly the same being and there's no separation and that that's an illusion. So do you practice? Please. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so now we're going to blindfold you all and I'm going to take you into a space of body-based meditation. So who here meditates? Really? Really, this group is so amazing. I have to have a drink for that. (laughs) Okay, so who, when they meditate, stays really still and focuses on not thinking? Who when, who, when they meditate, allows some vibration through their body and breath, sound, and movement? Okay, great. Okay, so what, what I'm going to take you through is somatic meditation or body-based meditation 
where in a fully embodied way, you're connecting to self, you're getting to know yourself and you're really feeling what's there to be felt and seeing what's there to be seen. And when you bring this into your self-pleasure practice, it will heighten your self-pleasure practice. So, you know, we live in an absolutely crazy world, right? We go from thing to thing to thing. Often there's no break between that, the triggering conversation, driving to work, you know, the longing that we felt at work to back into the car, to picking up our kids or whatever's going on. So it's kind of like without meditating, it's like driving your car without ever putting oil in it, right? Meditation is the oil. Or like, you know, if you're eating all the time and just stuffing yourself and you're not giving your body a chance to digest the food, it's like you're, you're, you're filling your mind and your bodies and your souls with all of this stimulation but you're not really taking that time to just stop and check out what's going on in there. And when you stop and check out what's going on in there, you get to know yourself. You get to know how you're really feeling. You, you get to listen to what your body's telling you. And you, you start to know yourself. So... Everybody put your blindfolds on, please. Okay, so who can tell me the basis for sexual sublimation besides Georgia and Tara? <laughs> what, what's the basis for sexual sublimation? Yeah, that's definitely a strong foundation. Kundalini, kundalini energy. So who knows what kundalini energy is? Right. Who wants to tell me or tell us? Nisha? Um, it's the energy that uh, sits where your lower spine sits or under in your body. Mm -hmm. And when you activate it, it courses through your whole body and it's actually your life or sexual or divine or however you want to call it. That's that energy, and ultimately, that energy can connect to your oneself, and depending on what your belief system is, I suppose. That was a very, very good definition. <laughs> All right, so. Yeah, just the body <laughs> that we're going to explore tonight. So, um, so, when we're looking at sublimation, we're looking at the energetic pathways that tantric masters have mapped through the Sushumna Nadi, through the central channel, to invoke life force energy into a space of oneness. And it, it, it sounds complicated, but it's actually our natural state. So, and it doesn't have to be, it's like there's a lot of talk about kundalini awakenings. Most people who say they've had a kundalini awakening have not had a kundalini awakening. They've activated their kundalini hit a blockage and then had a massive fucking tremor, right? And then go into kundalini crisis if they don't know how to move that energy beyond the center where it becomes blocked. Who's heard about people's talking about kundalini energy being dangerous and kundalini crisis? Yeah, put your hand up. 
Right. So the way that I'm going to teach it to you, that is not the situation here. But the body will go into Kundalini crisis with a facilitator who isn't aware of the connection between the nervous system and the emotional body when life force energy is activated and the importance of slowly awakening and uncoiling the energy rather than with a lightning bolt of peak experience. Yeah, so we're not trying to get anything. We're not trying to reach any state. We're just wanting to feel her moving through our body. And Simon used to always say, you can't, you can't find Kundalini. She arrives when you're receptive to her, right? So receptivity, which we're going to go into in week six, but we're going to start to feel into today is a, is a passive state, not an active state. It's when we're allowing energetics to arise. And then I'm going to give you a framework which really supports kundalini activation through your body. So just like emotional body energy gets stuck, our pain, our desire, uh, sorry, just like pain gets stuck here, if we don't move it, so does our desire. So there's a difference between continence and sublimation. Continence is the ability to contain the emotional body or to contain the sexual body. And sometimes that's needed. But without sublimation, it goes into shadow. So priests, for example, they're very good at practicing continence. They'll contain their sexual energy. But if that energy isn't eventually sublimated, then there's going to be a lot of frustration and it's going to want to come out. And then in times when they can't control it, it comes out in leaky ways. Same with the emotional body. If, you're, if you've got a strong masculine, you're probably very good at containing your emotional body so that you don't explode and spew over everybody or become a vampire sucking other people's energy, right? Does, does everybody know what I mean by that? But then if you are good at practicing continence but you can't sublimate that energy into your heart, then your heart's going to be closed and you're not going to be very receptive to love because you're, you're always containing and you're also not going to be allowing the full spectrum of your emotional body. So the heart will only be able to open to the extent to which you're allowing that energy to flow and you're breaking down the samskaras or the blockages or the, or the old patterns from the past, old wounds and old trauma that are held in your body. Does that make sense? That's important. So we start with continence. We start with the ability to contain emotional and sexual energy when there's a trigger. So if somebody comes up and grabs us, we're not just oh, on for young and all and, and ready for it. Or if someone triggers us, we're not suddenly, oh, <laughs> so we're not just spilling the energy. And I used to be in both. It's like I'd just dance with a guy and I was fucking juicy. <laughs> I'd, I'd been well taught from my father, so I didn't fuck them. But energetically, I was like, fucking, yeah, give it to me. And same with my emotional body, like fiery Italian. And, and it's, it's, always, it's always improving. Georgia lives with me, so she can tell you. It's like when, when, we, <laughs> when we first moved in and I was like, sit out to my daughter. Georgia was like... <laughs> 
But, you know, even now I'm, I'm still, I don't really explode much. And when I do, I'm super aware of it. And the way that I know I'm always growing and changing is because that explosive energy is always getting less. So you never want to be hard on yourself. You just always want to be tracking yourself so that you know that your awareness is growing and you're deepening in your capacity to practice continence and sublimation, sexually and emotionally. It's, it's, it's the peace. It's the peace in terms of really living in the power of your heart and being able to love people and receive love. So this Sushumna Nadi, I'm going to give you a quick kind of rundown on the chakras and how to open them. There's been a few of you asking about the Living Tantra Retreat. The Living Tantra Retreat that we're doing in May in Bali that we haven't even advertised yet and is already half full. So if you want to get on the wagon, get on it. Last time we had like a waiting list of over 12 people. The Living Tantra Retreat is a culmination of all of my courses so that each day there's a deep dive into each of the chakras. And the purpose for that is to open through this central channel, to open through the Sushumna Nadi so that we can awaken into the one state in a temple and in a community of beings who are all willing to experience that level of opening so that they can be completely themselves in the world and that they know and they remember that they're the creator with God of the universe and that everything and everyone is a reflection of us. So as we move through the chakras, when we sublimate sexually and emotionally, we're learning how to become whole (laughs) human beings. We're learning how to be authentic beings and we're learning how to vibrate and connect at an embodiment level instead of a mind level so that the human experience is not a series of chasing peak experiences but rather a consistent level of aliveness that is always helping us to feel greater levels of joy and growth in our lives. So this this first chakra, our base chakra. Who can who can tell me about who can tell me about the base chakra? Mm-hmm. Right? So most people bottom out just here. Right? And if you can't feel your base, then highly likely you're not going you're going to be a bit numb. Sexually, if your security is based on a house or materialism or surviving and controlling your ex- external circumstances, it's going to be very difficult for your yoni to really open to the full potential of pleasure that's available to you. So, Muladhara Chakra, if everybody just puts their hand here. And kind of placing your fingers between your yoni and your anus and just finding like a comfortable resting space. And I want you to just start moving back and forth. And this is called spinal flex when you go, when you go to the manual. So inhaling as you move forward. <sighs> Exhaling as you move back. And just closing down the eyes. I just want you to feel your connection to the earth. Your connection to your yoni. Your connection to safety. What if safety was dependent upon 
how deeply connected to the earth you were and how deeply connected to your body you were. So closing the eyes, check it out. Close the eyes, stay with it. Breathing. Strong, deep breaths. As your body arches forward, expand openly through the heart. Pay attention to the sensations arising in your yoni and throughout your body. Continue with this motion. Now really breathe a bit deeper and engage the root lock. So imagine that you're, this is called mulabund, imagine that you're stopping a pee. Drop through your anus and just beneath the navel point. Imagine that energy is drawing up just beneath the navel point. Up into the heart. So as you inhale, breathe energy up the front of the spine. As you arch forward and inhale. As you extend forward, really inhaling, arching the spine, opening the heart. And as you rhythmically rock backwards, exhale and curve your spine, making a C-shape. Keep paying attention to the sensations that are arising. How much more fully can you bring your body forward? Bring your shoulder blades together as you move forward and arch the spine, opening the heart, expanding through the heart, engaging the root lock on the inhalation. And allow any sound to release from your body that's authentically moving. Rock the pelvis back and forwards as you grind your yoni into your hand and into the into the floor beneath you. Extend forward, inhale and arch the spine, opening the heart. Rhythmically rock back, exhale and curve your spine. As you rock forward, opening the heart, expanding the heart, rocking back, curving the spine. Breathe the energy up that front central channel. Draw up through your anus, Yoni, through the navel, drawing the energy up into your heart. Rocking back, breathing back down your body, inhaling. 
Breathing up the body into the expansion of your open heart. Exhaling, curving the spine, breathing the energy back down. Okay, so opening the eyes. So guess what? When you're on top of a man, you can be... Can I demo on you, Antosh? <laughs> yes. So there are, there are, is this all right, babe? Yeah. Okay, so sit cross-legged to start with. So there's, there's two ways of doing it, when the man is sitting and when the man's lying down. So when you're in yab yum, so it's all, you, you've connected, you're connecting at the hearts, you've moved your body, and then look at this, spinal flex. You can be opening muladhara chakra and removing blockages every time you make love. And connecting really deeply at each other's bases and bringing that energy up into the heart. Like, to me, this is much better foreplay than, you know, jerking a guy off or having him flick your bean. <laughs> this is fully embodied foreplay, right? So as I'm, as I'm moving forward, Can you see how the energy is sublimating? So I'm grinding on his cock, right? Now, if you if you just base it here and you're grinding, guess what's going to happen? You're just going to want to get your clit orgasm, right? But you're fully embodied and sublimating. So the next thing we're going to do is Sufi grind, right, where you're unlocking the kundalini energy at the base of your spine, by oiling the spine and grinding. So I'll, I'll take you through it and then I'll, I'll demo again. But if you lay down for me, I just want to show you. So you can also, when they're lying down, you can do, did I say Sufi grind instead of spinal flex before when I was doing that? So this is spinal flex, right? Sufi grind is around and around. So spinal flex. When he's like this, you're looking into his eyes, you can place a hand on his heart and a hand on his belly and just really be there with him. See, my kundalini is activating because when you've got a cock underneath that that's loving you, then that energy, you're not just pulling your own energy up like you would be in a self-practice, but you're also pulling the energy of his lingam up, and lingam means wand of light. So you're breathing in that light. And the receptivity in your heart is gifting him because you're fully present with him and you're receiving him. And then naturally the practices I'm going to show you, it's not just practices, they happen. So then you start Sufi grinding and then extending energy from your heart into there. So I'm going to go through each one individually, but I want you to feel that all of these practices come together and I've isolated each one for you. So can you see how embodied and beautiful that is? Mm. So you're sublimating 
your energy and their energy into the heart with complete presence. And then eventually that energy circulates. Thank you. Okay, so the next chakra is Svadhisthana, yeah, sacral chakra. So this is where the sacral chakra really comes alive with the Sufi grind. So you've got your base. And what what you really want to be aware of is that tantric lovemaking, you are opening through all the chakras. And there are specific practices for each one. So it's like, so we've got spinal flex here, we've got Sufi grind here. Here's our power center. And the power center is activated when there's a connection between here and here. This is the biggest gap between our sex and our heart. So to connect these two, it's through sublimation and it's also just vibrating with whatever pain or pleasure is resounding through our body. We're unveiling and the power of the heart can't be fully expressed without that unveiling. You know, we all walk around with all of these veils because we're so afraid to lose our self-image, to let go of the protection that we have around us. But when we allow this energy to move, then we start to have a self-image that's beyond the limitation of our personalities. And we expand into more of a oneness state where we're cosmic beings as well as animal beings. And those two energies are meeting here and creating temples. Thanks for listening to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. For more great free resources, in-person and online workshops and our retreats, find us on Instagram and Facebook at Embodied Awakening Academy or visit embodiedawakeningacademy.com. See you next time.